What's up, Magic fans? Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot and a millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code TBPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. And baseball fans, you may have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is April 6th, one day after Cinco de Mayo, and we are just six games away till the end of the season. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? Hey, what is up? So, uh, listen, this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about um, Cole Anthony's big game winner, RJ Hampton's... uh, taking advantage of his opportunities and playing really well in Orlando magic made a couple of small 10 day contract moves um, and Markel Fultz update. But before we get into that, I know that you and I had some discussions um, in regards to our disappointments that we've had as, uh, as an Orlando magic fan and not necessarily disappointments, but just some heartbreaking moments. Um, And I wanted to hear, what would you say has been your all time um, heartbreaking moment as an Orlando Magic fan. Man, so that brings me back about 13 years ago now, uh, 2009, 2010. Uh, the team with Vince Carter on the Magic. I really, really wanted Vince to have that opportunity to make it to the finals for the first time in his career. Um, but it just felt like all the pieces were in place for the Magic to make that run. And after losing to the Lakers a year before, now they retooled, they retooled, they added Vince to the team. They won the eight, the first eight games in the playoffs that year. So it felt like they were going to simply run through the playoffs and make it to the finals. Unfortunately, I think Rashard Lewis got hurt um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and things just went south from there. Um, so to make matters worse, so yeah, the Magic didn't win. But then a few months later, Otis Smith and the Magic decided – we're not going to run with this team anymore. And then they blew it up. And I really thought that, again, it was too early for the Magic to, to blow it up. I think they had at least one more run in them with that squad. And then that's what led to the whole Dwight drama and all that good stuff. So I would guess that ending to that era of the Magic to me was the most disappointing time as a Magic fan because they had it. It felt like they had the pieces, they had the, the players in place to make another run. 
they lost to the Celtics, but then the next season, then they get a chance to, to fight back and win again. So that's what comes to mind to me. What, what about you? What, what's your most disappointing experience? Well, before, before we talk about mine, I want to comment on yours. Yeah, you're, you're considered that one heartbreaking because you're a diehard Vince Carter fan. So you finally True. get him on your team. Um, and then he ends up being, being moved shortly after. What, what makes it worse is that, that that team was a really, really good team. Really, really good team. And we ended up, you know, going from that roster to a roster that consisted of uh, Gilbert Arenas and, and well, what's this guy's name? Big Baby Davis. Uh, yeah, no wonder, no wonder, Jason Richardson, no wonder, you know, Dwight Howard was frustrated and wanted to be out. Look at the roster. Look at the people that we put behind him. But the whole, um, so the whole I, thing I was the, the rumors were that Dwight was not happy with with Vince on the team, Richard. Like he got tired of that team, and I guess that's what led to all those trades. Like they wanted to to show Dwight that hey, we're gonna do things your way here. So again, I don't know who to blame. You have to blame Dwight, to blame the front office. But as a fan, I really feel like they had one more run in them. It was way too early, and they started the season playing really, really well. Like it's not like they struggled. There was a virus. I remember clearly there was some sort of bug that hit the team and they missed a bunch of games in December. Jameer missed some games, Vince, uh, JJ Reddick, and that led to them blowing it up. Um, but it was way too early, man. I think December 15th around there is when they blew it up, which is like right after you can start making trades. Um, yeah, believe it or not, I, I actually remember reading that Big Baby Davis was a player that Dwight Howard wanted to play with. And that was kind of a move to kind of appease him as well. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't understand it. It was fun though. The the first couple of games that we had Big Bay, I don't remember if it was his first game with the Magic um or second. I, I remember. I know that it was really close to it. Um, but I remember him making like this really big play um at towards the end of the game, and he ended up sliding on the floor looking like shampoo. So I mean, it's an iconic moment, right? <laughs> You can't forget about the whole turkey leg thing too. Like turkey he had his moments. Yeah, with Dante. Yeah. But but you'd rather have those moments or ideally another run at a at a championship with Dwight and the rest of the crew that had proven that they had that they could do it. Um but yeah, that's, man, like you said, I'm a huge I'm a huge Carter fan and that hurt. History history has shown that once we get so close to the finals, we're in the finals, that Immediately after, it just it just kind of disintegrates. Painful, painful. <laughs> yeah. So my my heartbreaking. Um, and you would imagine that you know not not being successful in the finals would be heartbreaking. But very similar to how Vince Carter is is your favorite player. Uh, Trace McGrady was mine, and that two thousand and four um, year that that Magic team was was really really hard. So this is right at um, where we ended up. Uh, hiring John Weisrod. You remember John Weisrod, the hockey guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so interesting enough, we end up. So, John Weisrod, um, in 2000, and there's some, some quick fun facts. In 2000, he was made the COO of RDV Sports. So, this is a guy that ran uh, the Solar Bears, Orlando Miracle, Orlando Magic. He, he was kind of like the Alex Martins before Alex Martins. And then 2004 comes around and they give him a general manager job. He came from the Solar Bears, okay, <laughs> to the Orlando Magic. This has to be by far one of the most weirdest transitions I have ever seen, all right? And when this happened, Tracy McGrady wasn't too happy about it. 
Tracy McGrady wasn't John Weisbrod guy. John Weisbrod wanted uh, uh, people that that kind of resembled more of hockey players, and he didn't mm-hmm. feel like Tracy McGrady um, kind of fit that mold. Granted, this is Tracy McGrady that won his second that year. He won his second scoring title, second scoring title, and he wasn't considered a John Weisbrod guy. All right, wow. Um, they had some back and forth. Uh, T Mac didn't like the fact that he wasn't a basketball guy, that he was a hockey guy, which I get a hundred percent. And long story short, we ended up uh, trading Tracy McGrady a couple days after um, the draft. If you remember, that was a, the year that we had the number one draft pick um, yep. in the NBA, and we had to decide between if we were going to pick up Mecca Okafor, who just ended up winning his um, national title in college, or this high school kid, um, how right. Ended up trading Trace McGrady for um, we, we traded Trace McGrady, Juwan Howard, uh, Ty Lue, Reese Gaines um, for if you remember Steve Francis, um, Katino Mobley, and Kelvin Cato. All right, Trace McGrady was fed up with it. Um, he wasn't happy that we ended up drafting Dwight Howard over Emeka Okafor, which in hindsight was a really good move. Um, yeah. But he he wasn't he wasn't happy with that whatsoever. So he says that he wanted to go play for a team that had a, a one of the best centers in the NBA, and wanted to play with Yao Ming in Houston. Um, so I, I think that losing a player like Tracy McGrady, who was under contract, I was looking at the contract. He signed a six-year. $67.5 million contract back then. Six years, 67. You imagine a player of his caliber. Now, granted, a, we brought, we brought him over. He was playing with Vince Carter in Toronto. He wasn't, you know, the, the Tracy McGrady that he ended up becoming. But, man, he still he was still in the contract for another two years. Can you imagine the type of team that we would have had with Dwight Howard and Tracy McGrady? Man, we're talking about you know eventually prime Dwight Howard playing with a prime Tracy McGrady. That would have been insane in the East. That would have been our that would have been our version of Kobe and Shaq. That's right, younger. Yeah, they would have been younger. They would have been at that era at that point in time. They were again in in the optics. That could have been a matchup for years to come. LA and Orlando in the finals. Yeah, it was the same year that we ended up firing Doc Rivers. That season we went 21 and 61. It's crazy that we went 21 and 61 and T-Mex still won the going title. Like, that's that's, that's insane. And what makes it even all worse is that John Weisrod came in, blew it up, and then left the year after <laughs> to get an executive job in the NHL. Do you know what the executive job was? Want to take a wild guess? I had no idea. What was it? Let's go. So you're running an NBA team and you're going to leave it to go become a scout. I don't I don't know. I still don't understand that move. Like I I don't understand. I don't understand that thought process. I just know that losing Trace McGrady, granted, you know, we still made it to the finals, which is crazy. Who's to say if we would have did that with T-Mac and Dwight Howard, you know, it's it's hard to say that. Um at the same time, just the thought of being able to put Dwight Howard and Trace McGrady is you know, it's not seeing that come to fruition is is heartbreaking for me. That would so there, there's mine. Yeah, and to think about, they would have had again Jameer Nelson also in that squad. Um, you know, would they have had enough money to sign Rashard Lewis? I'm not Probably sure. Not. I thought about that because uh, we overpaid uh, Rashard Lewis, so maybe not. Um, but then again, Trace McGrady again, he was still he, we had him for cheap, man. He was still in the contract for another two years. So yeah, who knows? man. 
Oh well. Yo, uh, oh well. What can we do? All right, so let's uh, let's let's get into some brighter news. Why do we start off the show with heartbreaks? That should have been how we ended it, Al. It's because it's it's because that you were really bummed out that we ended up beating Detroit. So let, let's talk about that now. Um, how are we looking on our tank watch? All right. So let me give some some background here to our listeners, and then the reason why we chose that in the Ozone topic today. It's because of the heartbreak that I think all Magic fans felt by losing the game on Monday. I'm sorry, by winning the game on Monday against the Detroit Pistons. Exactly. <laughs> it's so confusing, right? Because the Magic have played well as of late. The young guys have been winning some games. Three out of four, to be exact. But unfortunately, that has hurt our tank efforts. Um, so right now, Houston is on a class of its own. We're not catching up to them. Detroit, 19 and 47. By winning that game, instead of being tied with them for the second best odds, we are now two games behind them. Um, so it's going to be tough to catch up to them with six games left, knowing that they're just sitting everyone at this point. They're not really trying to win. Now, where it gets interesting is Cleveland and OKC, both teams have been losing left and right. They're now tied with us for what would be the fourth best odds in the draft. Minnesota's currently holding on to the third best odds uh, by, what, one game ahead of us? Um, so it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough for us to, to figure out how things are going to end. Minnesota should win some games. We have some games, uh, a game against them actually on Sunday. And they also play Detroit coming up. So if they win those two, and we lose out, we're going to be in the running for that, that third best odds in the, in, in the draft here. But it's going to be tricky because OKC and Cleveland, I don't know if they're trying to tank at this point, but I don't see them losing uh, the re- or winning any more games the rest of the way. Um, what are your thoughts on all this? And what are your thoughts on us winning that game on Monday against the Pistons? I see where a lot of the fan base, they're, they're upset that we're winning. I get it. I get the benefits of um, getting the best opportunity to be able to draft high and and getting you know the the top three in the draft lottery. I get that. I get that. At the same time, understand that this impacts development, and you don't take that away. Like the the game against Memphis, that game winner, Cole Anthony, that we're going to talk a little bit uh, more in a few. You don't get mad at that. That that's the one that you take on the chest. You take it on the chin. Yeah, does it does it impact um, our our lottery odds? Absolutely, hundred percent. I'm sorry. You want your rookie, you want the your your the that type of development to impact your players. You want them to have that confidence, um, especially a young Cole Anthony. You want you want him to hit that game winner. Now, all I've ever asked is during these games, um, if we're not going to win, make it competitive. And if one of these young guns want to hit the game-winning shot, you take that all day. You take the loss. I'm sorry. I know that we dropped all the way. We were uh, one day we were at the second worst lottery odds, and now we're sitting at, you know, it's tied for for fifth, sixth with OKC and Cleveland. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I get the frustrations. Yeah, but we gotta you gotta also understand, and our listeners again, this is new, right? The NBA started this new this new lottery process in 2019 where even ending with the number one pick your highest, highest odds are to drop to fifth. 
And if I'm not mistaken, that is 49% chance of picking fifth, even if you are Houston at this moment. So having the worst record, yeah, it gives you 14% chance to get the first pick, but you also have a high risk of, of dropping to, again, the fifth in this scenario. Um, the magic across the board right now where things stand, pretty even. They can either go up, they, they could go down too a little more. So my message to everyone is this, like we cannot control anything as fans. I know we want to lose and we will lose probably the rest of the way because we're now playing G-leaguers and 10-day contracts at this point. Left and right. So my thing is this, man, like the team has done everything possible they can to tank. And I'm seeing on Twitter people saying, but why couldn't we start tanking since the trade deadline? That's not realistic. You're not going to just keep signing 10-day contracts and having them play over guys that are healthy, young guys that need development. It's not going to happen. Um, so my thing is this. We have one more week and a half of basketball left. Enjoy the games. Don't stress out because at the end of the day, June 22nd is when we'll find out what's going to happen. We may get surprises. And don't forget, the last two drafts, whoever's gotten the first and second pick have not come from having the best odds. They've all jumped in the draft. So who's to say? Yeah, and Orlando might end up with the fifth best odds, third, whatever it may be, but actually get the second or first pick, which is what we want. Yeah, and Dante Marcatelli made that point um, on social media where he posted the draft lottery, um, the, the draft lottery odds um, from the 2019 draft. And just to kind of put it in perspective, um, the draft lottery for 2019 had the New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Phoenix Suns with the worst three record with a 14% chance of, of drafting. Um, and then followed by the Chicago Bulls, 12.5%, Atlanta Hawks, 10.5%. And the top three picks of that draft were the Pelicans, who had a 6% chance of drafting um, the number one pick, and then followed by Grizzlies and the Knicks. This is where they drafted Zion, John Morant, and then R.J. Barrett. So just because you have the the worst three record doesn't guarantee that you're going to have the top three spots. Exactly. It doesn't. It gives you the best opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that you still don't go out there and try to do everything you can to have the best, you know, odds, but, you know, don't, don't get fully disappointed to the point where you're just like, ah, man, forget the magic um, because there's, there's still a chance. So imagine, imagine we, we hit these game winners and we're winning these games and we still get into the the top five. I mean, really, you you have the ability. It's it's not like it's not like this past draft where you really only had you know a couple handfuls to choose from. You got five players that that can really make a huge, massive impact. So as long as we get into that top five, you know, we'll be solid. Exactly, and and I fully expect the Magic to end up in the in the top five some way somehow, at least odds wise. Maybe not the actual results, but again, Minnesota having to play us. And playing also um, Detroit coming up, those are perfect tank opportunities for us if we lose out to have Minnesota drop out. Um, and then again, we, we stay in that top three, top four scenario. Again, OKC, man, the way they're playing, they're not winning anymore. I, I really don't think so. Cleveland might surprise you, might win one more. Um, but again, we I, I just, for my own mental health... <laughs> I'm just not watching these games thinking, man, every game matters. It, it feels like we're in the playoffs. Everything's a game seven right now, and it shouldn't be. At the end of the day, June 22nd will be that day when we're going to be freaking out and uh, going crazy at that point. But um, again, enjoy these games, especially 
when these young guys are balling, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but especially Cole Anthony hitting that game winner. The game against Cleveland a week and a half ago, man, he also hit a, a shot with 30 seconds left to put us on top. So if you really want to be realistic and talk facts here, Cole Anthony has won us three games within a minute this season. As a rookie, you can't get mad at that. I, I You just can't. Yeah, and just to kind of run down the games that we, we've we had this past week. So um, Friday, uh, we lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, 85-72. to 72. Saturday um, was a big win uh, from the Cole Anthony game winner, 112-111. to 111. Monday, 119-112 win against Detroit. And then Wednesday, we ended up losing in Boston, 132-96. All right, so let's let's finally get to talking Cole Anthony. Um. Man, if you were watching that game, I pray that none of you watch this game on on highlights because it does not do it justice. If you were watching this game, the way that it fell, not even fell, the way that Cole Anthony took this game with his own hands and made it happen is, is exactly what we haven't had in a really, really long time. All right? If you're using Evan Fournier as an example, that doesn't count. <laughs> Cole Anthony and the difference between, and I want to say that um, uh, Orlando Magic Daily brought a uh, brought up a really really good point about it. Uh, the difference between the first game winner and this game winner is that the first one kind of accidentally fell into Cole Anthony's lap, right? This one, the play was drawn up specifically for Cole Anthony to go ISO and get a bucket. And that's exactly what he did. And his interview immediately after, which I I feel is kind of ironic because during our last episode, we talked about how Cole Anthony has by far uh, the best interview in the league on the team. And he definitely just took that and ran with it times a million uh, with the interview that he had um, after this game winner. The fact that when he hit that game winning shot, he looked at the camera and was talking smack for a solid like 10, 15 seconds. I have no idea what he said, but for a solid 10, 15 seconds, he was talking smack to the camera, making eye contact. RJ Hampton was right behind him, kind of, you know, gassing him up in his ear. Um, and then afterwards, hearing how he, how hyped he was um, about it, um, hearing the confidence that he had was saying, all I wanted was, was an ISO. Um, I just knew that whoever was on that island wasn't going to be safe. Like, those are the words that you hear from someone that has kind of that 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 dog mentality that again we haven't had in a really really long time. You wanted you wanted the Magic to have an alpha dog player. Well, damn it, you got one. All right, Cole Anthony's that alpha dog player, um, and it was fun to watch, man. So yeah, we won the game. It hurt a lottery chances, but the confidence that Cole Anthony got, the confidence that the team got. Um, Man, you can't you can't buy that. You can't replace it. Yeah, man. I, I think we have to again appreciate what he's doing for this team. Um, again, he's a rookie, man. A rookie that did not get anything, any preparation, right? Not a full training camp, not a summer league, right into the starting lineup when Markel got hurt, missed some games with his own injuries, and he's doing this. I mean, it's it's as a as a magic fan, you gotta be excited for that. He's putting up some great stats. The issue with him early in the season was he was turnover prone. That's not an issue anymore. He's turning over two times a game, one time a game. Again, the the improvement that we're seeing as the games go on, 
it's impressive. But like you mentioned, I was actually at Top Golf with a friend of mine when watching the game on my phone. I'm like, man, like realistically being honest, I was like, man, we're gonna win this game. And I knew it. I told him, Cole Anthony's gonna, is gonna get the ball and watch him hit a game winner. And unfortunately, Twitter blew it for me because tw- I saw the Twitter notifications coming. Cole World, Cole World. I'm like, oh, I watch. What what did he do? So I kind of knew already something was happening. And then I saw it live, and I'm like, man, like that was impressive. He had a six ten defender on him, and he's what six one six two. He was leaning on a good day. Exactly leaning sideways. I don't know how he did it, man. Because again, at his height, to get to get that shot off over that tall of a defender, that was impressive. Um, but like you mentioned, yeah, the win kind of hurt in the moment because we wanted to lose. But you can't get mad at that. Um, and then again, the way even when we won against Detroit, somebody tagged RJ Hampton on, on Twitter and said, Hey, please lose these games. And he said no. And Cole Anthony also replied on Instagram and said on the magic uh post, um, we're not here to lose games, so don't talk to us about tanking, don't talk to us about throwing these games. And you love to see that from these young guys, man, because they know they know what the reality is. But think about this: it's like if in our jobs. We were going to work thinking, I'm not doing anything. I'm not calling any clients today because we're going to ha- we're gonna get a better employee next season to come in and possibly replace us. They don't care about that. I-, I wouldn't care about that. I wouldn't be excited about doing that. So they're thinking about their career. They're thinking about their jobs. They're trying to prove they belong in this league. They're rookies. So again, I get it. The team is doing their best to lose these games. But man, you got to be excited for what Cole has done. And the team as a whole, all these young guys have been playing really well. Yeah, it's not it's not just Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony may have hit that game winner, but we're getting contributions from from the young guys, from the rookies. Um, and what was great about that interview is that you know Dante Marcatelli had to ask Cole Anthony um, about about RJ Hampton and how he's taking advantage of his opportunity. And man, you can see how how hyped Cole Anthony was for RJ, how hyped he was. Um, saying thanks, Denver. Thanks, Denver. He said it about three, four, five times. And these young guys, that's that's you, you can tell that they like each other, man. You can tell that they're they're playing really, really well. They 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 enjoy playing with each other um on the court. They enjoy you know interacting with each other um off the court. Um, and you would have to imagine that the Denver Nuggets are kicking themselves, kicking themselves. Um, and seeing how well RJ Hampton is playing. And just to kind of put it in perspective, right? Thank you, Denver. Uh, thanks, Denver, right? Last five games, RJ Hampton is averaging more in points, assists, and rebounds than Aaron Gordon. Who, I mean, who would have thought? In the last three games, RJ Hampton has scored 52 points, 24 rebounds, 20 assists, two turnovers. Crazy. And I know we we said it last week that he reminded us a little bit of Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of cleaning up to do to get to that level, right? But what does Russell Westbrook do really well? He gets triple doubles every night. RJ Hampton has given us some 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 quick glimpses of him being a good rebounder, him being a good playmaker, finishing at the rim, and shooting the ball actually pretty well, which was not he wasn't known for. But to your point, the last four games. For RJ Hampton, 30 minutes a night, 15.8 points per game, while shooting 45% from the field, 45% from three-point range, 
And here's the best part. Seven rebounds, five assists. Man. Yeah, he, he had 18-7-5 against Memphis on the 1st of May, 16-10-7 against Detroit, um, and then 18-10-5 and uh, against Boston. And what I loved about it the most is that, yo, know, they, they hype each other up. You know, after that big game um, with RJ, you know, they you had uh, Cole Anthony and you had everyone, like, throwing water on him, hyping him up. He needs that confidence because he wasn't getting that in Denver. That's right. He could have liked the team. He could have liked the staff. That's great. But he wasn't getting the opportunity. And even afterwards in his interview, you know, he's he's saying that he loves his team. For for him to kind of – to for him to express that type of emotion, for him to show that type of excitement – um, and barely with us for just a couple months. It's that's exciting, man. It's exciting. That's super exciting. And I love how the um the Orlando Magic social media team they're they're gassing it all up. So um I, I was having a conversation with someone on social media. I can't remember who. So if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry that I'm not giving you credit. But every time um one of the players are having a good game, whether it be Mo Bamba, uh Wendell Carter, Chumo Kiki, you know, Cole Anthony. RJ Hampton, they've been putting the Chumo Kiki glasses over them. They would cut out their head and put the glasses, um, you know, over their face and whatnot. And and uh, so when I mentioned like that, sh- that should be kind of a something that they do culturally, add that to the culture of the team. Um, very similar to how uh, if if you know if you watch the Miami Hurricanes, they do the turnover champ yep. um, for for any time you know uh, someone on the defense has has a really good game and whatnot. Um, and the magic should do that with the glasses. Um, and you know what? I'm not sure if I showed you this. Have you seen this box? What you got? What is that? Nah, bro. For for those that for those that aren't watching um the, the video on YouTube, uh, we're gonna do our best to kind of you know explain what this box is. All right. What's that say? What's that say on there, Al? Uh, I can barely see it, but wait, time out. I just want to ask you, because I, I think I'm guessing what this is. Did you pick up the two Kiki glasses? Yes, I did. Not only did I pick it up, I have every intention <laughs> of rocking these glasses throughout the rest of this episode. So hey. <laughs> I was so I was so hyped about our young players and how well they've been playing. Um, I I went ahead and I invested myself in some Chumo Kiki glasses, man. Man, wait, look at look at this. Oh my goodness. So now you got you gotta see the video. Make sure that you know that it's like legitimate. I have no idea if they're legitimate or not. I'm, you know, maybe Chomo Kiki paid, you know, a thousand dollars for his glasses. I paid twenty bucks. <laughs> it's on Amazon, bro. Wait, but it's it's to the point that man, I'm I'm excited for these young guys. I'm super excited for the young guys. I'm gonna have to and, get a pair of those and just rock them uh, to the games now. <laughs> not not just that. I feel like these glasses these glasses should be given up at the day of the draft. You know, you give them the magic hat, but you also like hand them the pair of glasses. That hundred percent needs that. Well, imagine with Adam Silver thing. shaking hands with the glasses, <laughs> shaking shaking glasses. <laughs> give them the magic hat. Uh, by the way, you gotta wear these. You have to. That, that's a new thing now, <laughs> bro. But you definitely gotta keep. I know some people are not watching, but if you are watching on YouTube, you gotta keep those on the rest of the episode. That's that's, that's the rule now. And you got to tell me where you got them because I need those. I'm actually going to the last game on Sunday. I'm going to try to get those for Sunday's game and, and rock them. You're going to be that guy that rocks glasses inside. I'm doing it right now. Chuma Okiki glasses is different. Are they? 
Are they Chuma Keegan? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, he he was the first one to rock it. He wore it at um, I guess one of the NCAA games. I was trying to do research on where the origin happened. Um, but man, there it's a big pickup. If if you're looking for the if if you're looking to buy it, send me a DM and I'll I'll send you a link to it. Um, or you know, I'll I will probably attach it to the YouTube link. This makes me think now. Should we do a giveaway for these classes? Oh, that, hey. I mean, we, we already told everyone that's like 20 bucks, Al. Does it matter? Why didn't we talk about that before we had the episode? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's the intention that counts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, in, in other note, uh, the Magic made a lot of moves, a lot of small-time moves. So the Magic, and I am going to butcher the crap out of these names. <clears throat> Magic <laughs> signed Ignas Brasdikas to a 10-day contract. Um, and adding him, they had to make uh, room, so they ended up waving, unfortunately, a fan favorite, uh, Dante Hall. Uh, Magic signed Cinderius Thornwell to a two-way contract, ended up waving Devin Kennedy that I know that, uh, Al, you were a little bummed out about. Yeah. I, you know what, though? He'll be back. I, th- I think he'll be yeah. back. Once the ankle heals, that's got to be some under-the-table contract going on there because I can't believe that Magic would just wave him after getting hurt. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's more to the story. Yeah. yeah, he's still attached to Lakeland. And then the Magic also signed Admiral Schofield to a 10-day contract. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't done too much research on the players. I really like um, what I've seen with, with Ignas. Am I saying that name right? So make it easy for yourself. Iggy. That's the nickname. Iggy. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like you, man. So I didn't know much about him. I know the Knicks drafted him. There's a lot of hype about him when they picked him up. And you know how Knicks fans are. Everybody they pick up, they think it's going to be the next LeBron. But um, at the end of the day, though, he's a kid that plays hard, can rebound a little bit, and he can shoot a little bit. So kind of similar to, to Mo Wagner in a way. Like he plays in a similar style. Um, and they went, they both went to Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. So, again, the, the Michigan boys. There you go. So they have some similarities how they play. The other two guys, I know those were recent pickups. I don't know much about them, to be honest. I know uh, Thornwell is more of a, a defender, not really so much of a scorer. And today's pickup, um, Admiral, I know nothing about him. So, I, again, I don't think it matters at this point. We're not going to keep these guys around for next season. Um, it, it's just at this point we're trying to lose and we're trying to fill the roster, give them a chance. Yeah, I foresee these players playing a lot of minutes on the floor, um, especially with the Magic shutting down Terrence Ross. Um, NSMCW and, and Okiki not expected to play the rest of the season. Um, and they announced today that Wendell Carter isn't going to travel with the team to Charlotte. Um, and neither is Coach Clifford. So that's interesting. I got to ask you, um, were you surprised that the Magic actually kind of admitted yesterday um, that Ross, NSMCW, and Okiki are not expected to come back? Like, that kind of caught me off guard because that's not Magic-like. Um, well, what's not magic like is them putting a, a timeline on when they'll return. Um, we, we know that these players have, have dealt with injuries. I think the MCW one or not the MCW, the, excuse me, the Terrence Ross one is still, is still the one that I'm, I'm confused about. Um, but we know where they're shutting them down. Why, why are we going to play Terrence Ross the rest of the season? Yeah. Why enjoy, enjoy your new house, go on vacation, we're trying to lose games. And even when we're trying to lose games, our, our young guys are so good that we're still winning games. Yeah. But I, what surprised me was normally they say, you know, they're still getting treatment. They're going to, they're, they're, they're trying to work their way up. 
magic lingo. We know how that goes. But for them to actually say, like, yeah, we don't think they'll come back. The schedule's too condensed. Um, we're not gonna, we're probably not gonna see those guys back anymore. So as a fan right now, I appreciate the honesty because I know now going forward, we're gonna tank and just see the young guys play. Uh, but I would like to see Wendell Carter Jr. get some more minutes here. Uh, I don't want him to be done the rest of the season. Again, he's still a young guy that didn't play a lot with the Bulls. So I, I wouldn't mind him playing some more here down the stretch. Um, and again, gaining some more confidence heading into next season. Uh, I'm okay with not playing him if if he doesn't play the rest of the season. Um, I'm good with it because it gives Mo Bamba the opportunity to to be able to get those minutes and and get the confidence in the starting lineup. And he's been playing really, really well. Um, so it's it's nice to see him get that opportunity. Yeah, no, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But Mo Bamba has been definitely um, taking advantage of, of getting those extra minutes. It's good to see that he's actually playing almost 30 minutes a night right now because, you know, early in the season, he was playing 15, 14 minutes, and that felt like it was a lot, according to Coach Cliff. So definitely exciting to see him play um, more minutes on the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we we uh, Josh Robbins ended up getting a Markel Fultz update, which was really nice. Um, and this is just quoting on the article. Markel Fultz said that um, he's only doing just spot up shooting right now, uh, really no jumping, that he's keeping the rhythm of the ball being in his hands. He feels like um, this is a blessing just to be able to give um, him a chance to work on everything that he wanted to work on as far as his shot mechanics. And he wants to continue to become more efficient and more fluid in everything that, that he wants to do. Uh, what's great about that article is that Markel Fultz was really, really optimistic. He was really, really positive in his message. Um, he talked a lot about how it it felt it felt not necessarily that it felt good, but he was happy at the fact that you know he can rely on players like Jonathan Isaac and Shumo Kiki, who went through similar um, injuries as as he is currently working through, and and how they were able to you know be positive about it and come back from, you know, those tough injuries. So, you know, I'm excited to see Markel Foles kind of finish this process and, and get to the point that, all right, the season's over. We have the off season next season's here and then see these guys back on the court with this young nucleus that we have now. I think what's cool about the Markel situation and, and as, as a magic fan, the, the first thing that came to mind is, you know, yeah, he got hurt. It was devastating, but what's the positive that can come out of this? And for me, it was, He's going to have a whole year to, yeah, get his knee better, but also his shoulder, right? We all know that his shoulder, he's gotten better. He can now shoot a little better, but he can truly get to really rebuild his shooting mechanics as he's going through this through this um, rehab. And for him to say it now that he's actually working on that at this moment, it's exciting. Because again, we know he's gotten better, but his shot is not where he needs to be. We, we all know that. Nowhere near where it was in college. So I can't wait to see what Markel looks like next season, whenever that may be. If it's in December, if it's in January, if it's in preseason, hopefully. You never know. But imagine Markel coming back out of this healthy with his knee, but then also shooting the ball better. That would be, I think, the ultimate prize. And, and it will make it all worth it to go through the struggles of this year. Um, but that, for me, is the most exciting part. If he can come back and and at least come back with, the, with his shotting mechanics being better, it, it will be worth it for me. Yeah, I have no intentions of of going through this whole draft lottery and and you know praying and hoping that we lose every game to get a draft pick. Um, and I feel like this team is young and talented enough to where we can we can make some noise. 
um, whether that is, you know, full fledged in the playoffs or playing tournament. Um, but to get to a point that, you know, we're we're back to playing meaningful games. I really hope that this is just a, a one off. And the minute that you do have a healthy Markel Foles um, and a healthy Jonathan Isaac, um, it, it kind of in, in order for teams to be successful, a lot of those teams have to get lucky. And lucky has to do with timing and things have to align and be put in the right place um, for them to be successful. All right. So I've always been a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. What if we went through these injuries to get to the point that whoever it is that we draft is the perfect fit to go along with the roster and the team that we have now, bringing back Jonathan Isaac, bringing back Markel Foles, a Chumo Kiki that has a year under, under his belt including R.J. Hampton, Cole Anthony. I think that when you take a look at that, this might just be one of the best rebuilds um, that the NBA has seen. When you take a look at the the talent that we have, um, and it's it's going to be fun. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that Markel Fultz is in good spirits. I'm also glad to see that he's not just sitting on his ass um, and he's working on the things that he's able to work with. It's okay that he's not at the point of his rehab where he he's unable to to fully do a full jump shot, but he's still taking the advantage to to work on the mechanics and and get better with the shot because that was always a concern, and we got to see his shot improve. Um, but just imagine uh, not playing basketball for that long and not having a ball in your hands for that long, um, and expect to to be back at where you were. But the fact that he's taking the opportunity to and taking advantage of still working on those things is really nice to see. Yeah, for sure. And and the, another great thing is he's not wearing a knee brace anymore, mm-hmm. which that's been a while now. I think I, I mentioned this like a month ago um, at the games. I've seen him without a knee brace. Uh, J.I. took forever to to actually go to the games without a knee brace. Markel had surgery. When was it? February? So for him to already have no knee, no knee brace in there, it means he's confident in, in walking in that knee. Um, so hopefully, again, that recovery will be 100% what, what we all want, which is a fully healthy knee when he comes back. Um, and for him to see the success that Okiki has had, I think helps him mentally to say, hey, I'll be fine when I come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we'll wait and see. So uh, let's, let's get into some... Um, Magic mailbag, um, where we take some where we take some of the questions that you guys submitted through the Orlando Magic HQ Instagram page. And the very first one comes from uh Mr. Peanut, where he says, <clears throat> Who could be the starting five next year? So Wendell Carter, um, again, we don't expect him to be back the rest of the season. And Mo Bamba is kind of taking over the reins as a starting five. There's no Ken Birch, no Nikola Vucevic, none of that. Right now is just Mo Bamba and uh, Mo Wagner. Um, do you expect Mo Bamba, or do you who do you expect to be the starting five next year? Oh, uh, I'm gonna address this question after Markel comes back, right? So I think Markel will be the point guard. The two, oh man, depends who we draft, but I am gonna go with my guts here and say we get Jalen Green some way somehow whether it is trading up or whether it is that we get lucky. Speak it to existence, Al. That's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) So either Jalen Green or Cade would be the number two uh, or the shooting guard position. And then it's going to get funky because I know the Magic don't want to play Chuma supposedly at the three. 
But if you ask me, he should be the three, J.I. the the four, and then Wendell Carter Jr., I think should start the season as a starting center unless Mo Bamba just ends the season on a really high note, impresses everyone in the offseason and comes to training camp and wins the job. But I think Wendell Carter, for now, if you ask me, will be the starter next season. Yeah, unless we're drafting Evan Mobley, uh, Wendell plays, in my opinion, um, way too powerful and way too more like um, what Coach Clifford would want. So if Coach Clifford is still our coach next season, which I expect, um, I, I don't see Mobama. I, I feel like there's some major disconnect that we don't know about. Um, and and I just see that, you know, he just likes Wendell Carter better than Mobama. I don't, I don't think Mobama can do a whole lot of right. Um, and it's still in my opinion, isn't sufficient for Coach Clifford. So if I'm a betting man, I'm definitely putting window in there. All right. So this next question comes from uh Keep It Juan, where he asks, who has a bright oh who has a brighter future? Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton? That's a really good question. Ah uh, man, at this point it's it's hard to say because they're both having strong Rookie seasons. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna count RJ Hampton since he got traded to the Magic. I'm not gonna count his time at Denver. If I had to pick one, it's tough because Cole Anthony has man has shown me so much uh, with the game winners and, and the, the aggressiveness. But if I was a scout I and mean, I had to choose one of these two guys, just pure talent and skill and build, I'm gonna go with RJ Hampton just because really? of he's taller. I didn't yeah. see that. I I expected for you to fall fully for Cole Anthony. The man had two game-winning shots this season. How are we not selecting Cole Anthony? So again, I'm torn, right? I'm I'm legitimately 50-50, but I'm trying to look at this from a, a scout perspective. Like, all right, so RJ Hampton honestly has a, a, a nicer three-point shot, like a more a natural and fluid three-point shot. Faster, taller, and not for nothing, but this dude is just starting now to play significant minutes. He's dropping 18 points and 16 points consistently. At the beginning, when Cole started getting his minutes in the NBA, he wasn't dropping 16, 20 points consistently. Um, so I don't know. I'm torn. But if I had to just, again, as a scout here, just choose one of these two, I would say RJ Hampton is my long-term prospect. RJ Hampton was my draft pick. He's exactly who I wanted the Orlando Magic to draft um, this past season. Um, and... I'm an RJ Hampton fan, but come on, it's 100% Cole Anthony. There's no way the the level of confidence that Cole Anthony has, um, and, and the fact that he's a point guard, so he's able to control more. He has that alpha dog attitude. Again, he hit two game winning shots. If we're looking at who I believe has the brighter future, it's it's hands down Cole Anthony. Which I will say that it's close. Because RJ Hampton has been playing well, but I just want to see more of it. You know, I can't just stick to just these three games. And it's also at the end of the season where we're playing against these teams that want to tank. Also, granted, he had the really good game against you know the Boston Celtics, but man, I'm I'm sticking with Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's tough. I, I just have to choose one, right? And I'm, again, I'm thinking about it from a if I had to redraft these dudes, just draft, not even looking at the season from a height and 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 just. What can they do on the court? That's why I chose RJ. But again, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, you had to choose one. Both in- you had to choose one out, but you chose the wrong one. <laughs> All 
All right. So last question. This one comes from Aza, A-Z-Z-A underscore King underscore, where he asks, why still, why is there still so much hate towards Mo? He's showing major improvements. And Mo as in Mo Bamba. So he's 100% right. Uh, Mo Bamba as of late, very quickly here, averaging 26 points a game. I'm sorry, 26 minutes a game, 15 points a game. Uh, 11.3 rebounds, 2.8 blocks. You know what the funny part about this is? The, the, the fun stat to me is, in those games, while he's playing so well, only shooting 20% from three-point range. So what that tells me is, normally Mo kind of gets discouraged when his three points don't go down. He's playing well, even though his three are going in these last few games. So if Mo was actually hitting those shots, instead of averaging 15 a game, he might have been averaging 21 points a game. Or 20 points a game easily. Um, but to answer the question, the hate comes from, and I tweeted this yesterday. It's the body language, man. Uh, there, there are moments in the game when Mo just looks disengaged, disinterested, um, the head down, the arms down, just doesn't look like someone who is playing aggressive. And I forgot who it was that tweeted this recently or mentioned on social media, but the game for Mo throughout his whole life has come easy, right? Because he's the tallest kid, the longest arms. He has skills. So to get rebounds, he just had to jump a little bit. He had to box out. To hit a hook shot or dunk on someone, it was easy. He was the tallest kid in the room, in the court. Now you're playing against big boys. Now you're in the NBA. You got to fight for everything. And I will give him credit. He is boxing out much better as of late. He is rebounding. I mean, look at the last two games, 15 rebounds in each game. Much better. So all the hate for me personally, if I had to put any sort of negative feedback to Mo as of recent, in his recent games, it's just about body language. It's about giving effort. But the fact that he is putting up good numbers and stats, if I would have told you back in October, Mo Bamba is going to be averaging these stats over a stretch of games, you probably would have laughed at me. Be like, that's not happening. This dude has, has barely played. And yet he's doing it. So that's for me where the kind of hate comes from. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that really the hate comes from everyone's expectation. We all knew that when we drafted Mobamba that he was going to be a project, that it was going to take some time. And I think that people's um, capacity in regards to their patience um, exceeded a while ago. And they they expected, the expectation was Mobamba was supposed to replace Nikola Vucevic. And they didn't do that because Nikola Vucevic took it a whole nother level, but you expected that eventually you would have been able to trade Nicola and Mobamba was going to be your starting guy. And I think that the way that they marketed him um, in the draft uh, played a lot of part into that um, with him being mentored by Kevin Garnett. Um, you expected for him to have that same type of mentality, the same type of motor. And I'm sorry, man, that's not, that's not what you got. All right. It's the NBA draft. The NBA draft is a major gamble. Just because you get a lottery pick does not necessarily mean that that player is going to translate into you know some all-star caliber player. Uh, there's a higher probability, but it doesn't guarantee it. If you're expecting Mobamba to be that all-star, stop your expectation and just see what it is that you have in front of you and appreciate what he's what he is able to give you. The fact that he's doing this consistently, um, it, it shows you that with opportunity, you know he he is able to impact the game. At the end of the day, right now, all you can ask for is that we get to a point where conditioning isn't an issue. 
um, and he's able to impact the game. Um, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't meet your expectation, it's okay because you have a player like Wendell Carter um, that's that's there, and you now have the opportunity to choose between the two. You know, they were drafted one pick away from one another from the same draft class. Um, so it, I, I personally, I've, I've kind of draw, uh, took a step back from from the Mo Bamba hate, and I'm, I'm just appreciating what what he's able to give us. Again, as long as he's impacting the game, um, then that's that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, and and I, you, you said it perfectly there. I, I just think again, some fans watch the games and they look at a guy like Dante Hall, who came in and and, and play some games for us. The one thing you could never argue about with Dante Hall was his effort, the energy. And that alone made him a fan favorite automatically. So if Mo can pick that up, but I always say this when I'm watching the games with my wife, if Mo Bama can just drink like three Red Bulls before the game, that might help him <laughs> because sometimes it's just that little push that he needs. Um, but again, you can't deny also that he is being effective, even though that energy and that effort is not there consistently. But it's funny. I've noticed that he has a really bad kind of quarter with sluggish and his head is down. But some way, somehow, after halftime, the last two games, he's bounced back really well. If you look at his stats in the second half in the last two games, that's where the most of the points have come from and the most rebounds have come from. So I don't know what the issue is. Um, I hope he finds a solution to it because, again, the potential is there. And we need him to be a good player. We need him to be a solid center for us, whether it's a backup or as a center, a uh, starting center. But... Again, happy to see what he's putting up for us, and we just want to see it continue. Yeah, absolutely. So just looking at this week ahead, we have six games left until that's it. The season's over. We got Friday against Charlotte, Sunday versus Minnesota, which is going to be a big game for the draft, uh, for the draft lottery. Um, Tuesday at Milwaukee, Thursday at Atlanta, followed by Friday and Sunday uh, playing against Philadelphia. So some really, really strong teams that are fighting for positioning, um, and again, that Minnesota is going to be the game to watch. So taking a look at those games, I see us, um, I, I, I don't see us, you know, winning. I, I see us beating Minnesota. I don't, I don't see us losing against Minnesota. You think so? Even though they're playing, they're playing, all they're playing good guns, man, but the, the Orlando magic there, they, they have me so conflicted. So conflicted, <laughs> even with Anthony Edwards' big forty-point game, and then playing um, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, it it depends on how the Magic, um, you know, take on the next coming games. Are they playing all these ten-day contracts? Are they giving a lot of the minutes to the two-way players? If that's if that's where they're kind of leaning towards, where we're barely putting eight players on the field, then maybe not, because the the T Wolves, uh, you know, they're they they have a pretty good roster. Um, but if there's any game that we do have a chance of winning would be, um, Minnesota. And, and, and here, here's the thing also, do we really want to end the season losing, uh, on a, on a six game losing streak? And I know everyone's hearing this and their thought process is yes, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> we don't want to win not another game. Uh, at the same time, that's a terrible, terrible tone, terrible tone. We lost to the Celtics by a large number as long as for me as long as we're not getting our ass kicked every single one of these games they're competing they're fighting then the six game losing streak isn't that bad um at the same time that's just a terrible way to end it but it does help the draft so there's that yeah so i think 
the, the reason why I, I'm okay with them losing the rest of the way is because we know it's not an actual roster. You know, it's we don't have out there all the healthy guys. We don't have even Wendell Carter playing right now, Chumal Kiki playing right now. So when you look back and say, wow, the Magic ended the season on a seven-game losing streak, if that's what happens, then you don't have to think about, like, oh, my God, they lost all those games with the actual roster. They're, they're losing those games with 10-day contracts and G-leaguers and two-way contracts. Um, but, yeah, I, ideally, ideally, we lose the rest of the way. I could see us, though, winning one the rest of the way, and that could be against Minnesota, or that could be one of the Philly games. Um, if you watch the NBA, you know that usually the last week or the last few games, these good teams tend to sit out most of their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, right, they may right, not, though, because... Um, yeah, they may not, though, because I know that uh, Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid, is it's looking to, to fight for an MVP Um at least we consider to be one of the MVP candidates and he wants to get as many games played as possible because he missed a large, a large portion. Um, so that might help us, but I don't know. I, I still think they, they have enough firepower to, to beat us, even if they sit him and, and Simmons um, in, in those games, but we'll see. Ideally though, again, at this point, you got to hope for just the better odds in the draft. It, it won't be one, it won't be two, but ideally at least in the top four, uh, draft thoughts heading into the the lottery here. Yeah, and we're getting closer and closer to that time frame where we'll end up finally finding out uh, where we land with the draft lottery. So let's see what happens. All right, Al, final thoughts. Final thoughts for me this week is keep it going, young guys. Uh, whoever's out there, uh, Cole Anthony's not playing as many minutes lately, but I want to see in limited minutes, still him to play well and continue to shoot the ball strong finish at the rim, the things that we've seen him improve on as of late, keep that going. And especially Mo Bamba, Nigel Hampton. These dudes, again, have not been playing as much early in the season. They got to keep putting up good numbers here towards the end of the season. Um, and I'm surprised you. I think Mo Wagner, man, I don't know about you. We haven't talked about him yet, but he's played well in his time with us. I can um, see I can see the magic keeping him for next season. Yeah, especially when you think about the center position or, heck, even the power forward. But if you have Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, I wouldn't mind him being the third string center, honestly, in that rotation. Or if it is a power forward, then you have J.I., Chuma, and Mo Wagner as that as that backup or third string power forward. Um, again, he fights, man. He plays hard. He's a guy that it's annoying to, to, the, to the opposition. And the best part yet, he's shooting the ball really well. So I, I wouldn't mind him sticking around. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that he's he's a good fit. He had a, a really strong game, um, a couple couple games ago. So I I he's he's a player that again it's impactful. You want to be able to add impactful players, and and again he wouldn't be expensive. So I, I can see the Magic keeping him. Um, and then yeah. for me, um, man, just just sit back. Don't don't get too caught up with wanting to lose every single game. It, it'll there's still a lot of a lot of things can happen these last six games. Um, and, and what I can say is it is really, really unhealthy. It's unhealthy, man, to, to love a team as much as if you're listening to this podcast, you love the Orlando magic. All right. And for you to love a team that much and want to root for your team to lose is unhealthy and, and just sit back, man, enjoy the, enjoy the last couple of magic games, because then we're going to have the off season where we won't see, we won't see Orlando magic basketball again to, to maybe some uh, some summer league if they bring that back. Um, so sit back, enjoy the game, relax, um, and also get you a pair of Shumokiki glasses. And that's a wrap, man.
appreciate you guys listening to next time. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.